This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 333, Comic Reviews for the releases from Wednesday, December the 23rd. Welcome to Comic Shenanigans. This is episode 333. It's our Comic Reviews episode for the week of uh, Wednesday, December the 23rd. I'm actually recording this on Christmas Eve, although it's not going to be going up until just after Christmas, probably around the 28th, 29th, and 30th. But um, I actually had a chance to read a lot of comics, um, uh, actually on the release date. So I thought I would uh, record an episode. Uh, so I got 11 comics read, so we're going to come at you. Uh, it's going to be a quick rapid fire because it's christmas eve and i would like to go to sleep and uh wake up tomorrow when it's christmas and be able to spend it with my family and uh have uh, you know show my son his santa gift and all that fun stuff but first let's talk some comics uh first up we have amazing spider-man number five um unfortunately i thought this was lackluster um written by dan slot artwork by christos gage i'm just not quite buying the story, I don't know, just something that didn't feel right, and it, I don't know if I really bought Zodiac or really enjoyed them, and kind of the uh, the high-flying, fast-paced, global adventure that Spider-Man's on, I, I didn't quite buy it either, and it seemed a little too easy, and um, the ending, I, I guess it was a surprise, yeah, but I don't know if I really cared necessarily, um, and the art was alright, but it definitely didn't feel like Chemicoli's best, and felt a little kind of stiff at times, I'm going to give this issue a 5. Um, I just thought it could have been better, and, and it just wasn't. Something is... It's interesting, because I think like the last two full volumes of Amazing Spider-Man have just not felt right. They felt like they've not quite... They've lacked something undefinable. And it's very difficult, because as a reviewer, I'm supposed to say, like, this is what it's missing, or this is a reason. And, it just, and it's very hard to put my finger on the pulse of exactly what's missing, but I can know that something's missing. I just couldn't tell you exactly what it was. Um, and that's kind of the problem here is that it feels like it's missing a piece. It's missing a component, but for the life of me, I can't figure out what that component is. Um, I just, I just know that it feels like it's missing something important. Um, and here it just didn't feel like, um, I, I, and I hate saying this and I feel like I've said it many times and I feel like I got to stop saying it because I keep saying it doesn't feel like a Spider-Man story. What the fuck does that even mean? What does it mean? It has Spider-Man in it, it has Peter in it. How is it not a Spider-Man story? So I feel like I, in, unless I'm able to fully define what that means, what that comment means, I have to basically stop myself from saying it. So it's difficult to review this book because I don't, I can't figure out what it is, but it's not connecting with me as a reader. I don't buy it for some reason. Um, maybe it's just that it's too fast, too soon. Like I don't necessarily have a problem with the status quo. I have a problem with the status quo seems like such a giant, um, you know, huge leap forward in terms of the character and his capabilities. Him just having money that he's throwing around and being able to do all this stuff doesn't feel like it in any way is accurate to where we saw the character last, and they're just kind of glossing over and saying, oh, somehow in the last eight months this is what happened. I mean, seriously, it just feels like it was such a huge leap. Um, and the fact that they're making you know, um, Peter Parker that much of a super genius now, not that he hasn't always been, but to this degree, and it just it seems more showy, and I don't know, it just... It irks me, and I don't know why, but anyways, I'm giving it a five. Uh, next up is Cyborg. This is issue number six. Um, this felt very forgettable. It was just a long sequence of fight sequences, um, and then it turns out Cyborg's come up with a different way to kind of defeat the enemy. Uh, as opposed to being physical, he's going to go the other way. Uh, it's written by David F. Walker. I work by Ivan Reyes. 
or Reese, or, sorry, he does the layouts. He's not actually the penciler. Penciled by Felipe Wontanabe, Daniel Herder, and Cliff Richards, with uh, inks by Albert O'Claire, Julio Ferreira, and Cliff Richards. Um, the art was okay. It wasn't the greatest. It wasn't as it because you have three different artists. Even though they try to be, you know, similar, there is a kind of visual inconsistency. There's a sequence with, I guess, the fact that Cyborg can look like a little physical, but he decides not to. I wasn't sure what the point of that was, or if I really got it. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't really connect with this. I didn't. It felt like it was protracted. If here's the thing, this issue felt both decompressed and too compressed. Like, you both have too much going on and not enough going on at the same time. Because the fight sequence felt, at times, rushed, but also felt like it took forever to get to the point. I don't know. I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10. I feel like I'm not going to get to the point. I feel like, so far, that's two lackluster books. Um, let's talk about Daredevil. This is issue number two. I really don't know how I feel about this. Um, I think the artwork by uh, Ron Gardy is absolutely gorgeous. It's so different looking. Um... I think a lot of that's to do with Matt Miller, the color artist. Like, it's it's such a distinct visual tone. Um, it's very... Uh, well, here's the thing. And I'm cognizant of this because of who I am. I'm colorblind. I have some issues with colors. Um, I'm like a mild to moderate Dutton um, in terms of the different types of colorblindness. So I don't always know exactly what colors I'm even seeing. But I like the look of this from what I see. Because... A lot of the book is just grays, which I think works really well with the kind of the tone of the characters. Um, you know, and there's kind of a murky nature to it. And then Daredevil has like the, he's got like almost like a, a grayish black costume, or at least the way it's being shown. But then he's got the red boots and the red belt and the red DD and the red um, wrappings on his on his gloves. And I think it's just such a striking visual. It makes him pop out. And even uh, Blindspot looks, you know, the, the way that they illustrate Blindspot is really eye-popping as well. I'm still not sure how I feel about what's going on with you know the fact that they know that Matt Murdock was had to be readmitted to the bar, but we still don't know why exactly everything is kind of turning out this way, and now no one knows he's Daredevil. That being said, Charles Sewell isn't really spending a lot of time to worry about it, and he's just kind of telling an engaging story. Um, and I am engaged, and I think it is really interesting, and I think the art is gorgeous. So as much as the continuity piece of me, the part of me that is a continuity slave is dr- being driven crazy by this book. Um, just because they're not addressing a huge elephant in the room. But the other part of me is saying, fuck, it's a good story. It's really good art. It, it's, it really brings you in. The ending was really cool. Uh, the, the, the main character's freaky, but cre- you know, freaky and creepy, but really um, magnetizing. Like, I think there's so much to like here, and I do like it. So at the end of the day, it's a fantastic issue. It's just the continuity in to me is just being driven absolutely mental. Uh, I'm going to give it a nine, though. It was, it's strong. It's a very strong book. Uh, next up, Darth Vader number 14, which is uh, part four of Vader Down, which continues to be extremely enjoyable and engaging. Um, this is by Kieran Gillen, Ark by Salvador LaRocca. Um, this is really good. Although, I got to say, Salvador LaRocca's uh, version of Leia didn't quite feel... It just didn't quite feel like Leia. Like, it was slightly off. Um, there's a lot of good stuff here, though. I thought his Luke was fantastic. Um, the, uh, there's an evil Wookiee, which I thought was really interesting to see. Evil Wookiee versus Chewbacca. Um, very interesting stuff that happens. Triple Zero and BT uh, take something from C-3PO, which I thought was actually pretty funny. Um, this was really entertaining. I'm excited to kind of see what comes up next. 
Uh, I can't remember now. I'm, I'm blanking on it, but have we seen Commander Carbon before? Because he looks awesome. Um, really interesting. There's a lot going on, and yet it moves the story along quite nicely. And we got all the different characters intersecting, um, and it feels again very cinematic, very much like a movie. I'm going to give it an eight out of ten. Uh, next up is Deadpool number four. Dug this quite a lot. I'm really enjoying this book. Love the color with all the Deadpool's of different colors. Uh, it's written by Jerry Dugan, artwork by Mike Cawthorn, um, inks by Terry Palo, and Guru EFX doing the colors. Um, this was a lot of fun as Deadpool's trying to figure out, you know, who's basically been the traitor, and it kind of finally figures it out. Um, and um, him and Steve Rogers have a bit of a tête-à-tête as they go up and try to, you know, basically track down um, who they realize is the person who's been pretending to be Deadpool but is in fact um, besmirching his name and actually doing bad things. Fantastic book, 8 out of 10. I'm surprised how much I'm enjoying a Deadpool book just because he's never been my favorite character and I've not necessarily enjoyed that many of his comics. But here I found myself really invested and I just think that the current direction is a lot of fun. Um, next up is Extraordinary X-Men. This is issue number four by Jeff Lemire and, and Humberto Ramos. Um, I find it very middle of the road. I'm going to give it six out of ten. I'm not that interested in it. Um, it just, I don't know. It's supposed to be the big flagship book, and I find it a little bit boring. Um, you have the X-Men going up against um, Sinister, and even that didn't quite feel right. We have a, a big last-page reveal that I'm not going to actually say exactly what it was, but... Um, I don't even know if I necessarily liked that reveal or not. It's just, it's not really, I'm not digging it. So far, you know, I'm not really digging this, but I am really enjoying um, Amazing X-Men, and I'm excited for Uncanny X-Men by Colin Bunn, but so far I have not really been enthralled with this Extraordinary X-Men. It's, it just is, it's it's lacking something, and I, th- I think it's just that it's not a direction I'm really happy with the X-Men going in, especially after Uncanny X-Men 600, which felt like we were finally heading in a different direction. And then this feels like we're going back in a different in that same direction. And the stuff with the Terrigen Mist is okay, but I think it's being explored better in many other books, not here. Um, next up is New Avengers number four. <coughs> Excuse me. I actually really enjoyed this. Um, it was a fun read. Uh, I... With Moradun, who I don't really recognize or know, but I guess he's been elsewhere. Um, we get a sense here that, that there's more that, that meets the eye with Sunspot, that he's actually sick, which I thought was interesting. It's called The Once and Future Space King by Al Ewing and Gerardo Sandoval. I'm still not a huge fan of Sandoval's artwork just because it's a little too exaggerated. Um, that being said, the action and adventure here is is definitely um, over the top and, and big. So I think it kind of fits, even though it's not my favorite art style. Uh, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10, solid read. Uh, it's kind of a fun space adventure. They're doing more with the idea of uh, Hulkling having a you know, a very important um, heritage that isn't always addressed, and I'm glad it is being addressed here. Uh, next up is Sinestro. This is issue number 18. Um, I felt like not enough happened in this issue, and it was okay, but it definitely felt like a little bit, a lot of filler, and it didn't feel like we were getting as much forward momentum. Um, as it was really just the paling going up against the Sinestro Corps in a variety of different theaters, but that's all it really felt like. And at the very end, a lot of different characters get inducted into the Sinestro Corps, including Superman. Um, it, it's okay. It's written by Colin Bunnar, by Brad Walker and Neil Edwards. Really like the art. 
Um, I just found that the the story felt like it was spinning its wheels, and we didn't really get a lot of forward momentum, and I found that a little disappointing. Um, so I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10 overall. Uh, next up is Spider-Woman number 2, which I found a really enjoyable. Um, I, I still don't know exactly if I, if I really like the direction or not. I, I don't even know. Her being pregnant just seems like an odd choice, just because it's a, it's a, it's something... Here's the thing. It's it's different. It's not something that most any other characters have really done like this. So i got to give them credit for being different and quirky. And I am enjoying the quirkiness, so it is a good issue. Um, I'm sad that we didn't get to see some of my favorite supporting cast members uh, in Porcupine and um, Ben uh, York. But we did get to see a lot of um, Jessica Drew figuring out how to stop these uh, scrolls who've you know taken them prisoner in a maternity ward, which... Such a bizarre concept, but a lot of fun. Um, so uh, overall, it's a good issue. Dennis Hopeless and Javier Rodriguez are the creative team. It's um, a little silly at times, but I don't know. Really great art. Um, it has a certain levity to it. The script is great. I'm going to give it an eight, an eight and a half out of ten. I'm not sure how I feel about the overall direction of her being pregnant and then having a baby, because um, I it, I have to know that there's a good purpose for doing it as opposed to just doing it for heck's sakes, but so far, it's enjoyable. Uh, next up is Star-Lord. This is issue number two by Sam Humphreys and Javier Garon. Uh, I, I found this very middle of the road, um, just because I don't feel the need for everything to match the movies, and that's what it felt like this was doing, in that we're getting a Peter Quill that more accurately is like the one from the movie, and it has a Yondu who's very similar to the movie version and nothing to do with the classic version that I like. And I think most people do like that classic version of Gondu, even though we don't know, necessarily know a, bit, a lot about him. We know of him, and we know his visual. And this is obviously the movie Yondu, and I don't find it as interesting. And I felt like it was pandering more to the movie kind of crossover audience, as opposed, or at least to kind of do it like that, as opposed to being on its own. I'm going to give it a, a 5 out of 10. And last but definitely not least is Superman 47, which I didn't really enjoy either. Um... It's uh, by Gene Lewin Yang, artwork by Howard Porter, Raymond Bermudez, and Tom Dernick. I found the art to be terribly inconsistent. Um, didn't really like the story. I thought it, it felt oddly rushed considering how protracted the storyline has been in other places. Um, I didn't really care for the kind of the reveals behind uh, Herder or whatever you want to call them. Um, so I'm going to give this a 5 out of 10. So, not the greatest week from what I ended up reading, but the highlights were definitely Daredevil, Darth Vader, uh, Deadpool, and Spider-Woman. Uh, some, there was a lot of books I didn't get a chance to read yet, but I'm going to get to them. Um, some of those highlights include Aquaman, um, Batman and Robin Eternal, uh, Dark Knight 3 Master Race number 2, new issue of Justice League of America by Brian Hitch, a uh, new chapter of Robin War and Robin Son of Batman and Teen Titans number 15 is also a Robin War tie-in. We've got uh, Titans Hunt, a uh, new issue of Saga, Angela, Queen of Hell, Captain America, Sam Wilson, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number 2, Patsy Walker, a.k.a. Hellcat number 1, and Venom Space Knight number 2. If we take a look at uh, upcoming releases from, um, well, this coming week, uh, that'll be comics coming out on December the 30th, some of the highlights will include from DC, Batman Europa number 3, Black Canary 6, Doctor Fate number 7, Flash number 47, Green Arrow by Jeff Lemire Deluxe Edition Hardcover, uh, Green Arrow Trade Paperback Volume 4, Blood of the Dragon, uh, Harley Quinn and Power Girl number 6, 
Uh, Injustice Gods Among Us Year 4 Annual Number 1, Multiversity Number 1 and 2 Director's Cut, uh, Nightwing Trade Paperback Volume 3 False Starts, which is classic, uh, collecting the classic Chuck Dixon run, uh, Superman Annual Number 3, Superman Doom Trade Paperback, Superman Lois and Clark Number 3, which was one of my favorite books of the year, even though we've only had two issues thus far, I've just loved it. Um, from IDW, Fistful of Blood Number 3, Drive Number 3. Um, from Image Comics, we've got... Um, a new issue of Savage Dragon, which is issue 210. New issue of Spawn, 259. Uh, then over at Marvel, we've got the third issue of All New Wolverine. Sixth issue of Amazing Spider-Man, which is kind of crazy, because didn't we just get an issue this past week? Yes, we did, so we're getting another one already. Astonishing Ant-Man, number three. Uh, why does that sound too familiar? Didn't that come out this week? I feel like I've... I, I feel like I'm... I'm reading the list of things that came out this week, and I'm like, didn't that already come out? Maybe I'm... I think Astonishing Ant-Man did come out this week, but it's on Diamond's list for next week. Uh, Captain America White, number five. Man, have there already been four issues? New issue of Carnage, uh, last issue, I believe, of Chewbacca. The print version of Deadpool and Cable Split Second, number one. Uh, although I, I have really been enjoying the digital versions. Uh, it's a great Infinite comic, and it's meant to be seen that way. Uh, go back and listen to our most recent interview with Fabian Isiason. They definitely talk about the format. Um, there's the Hail Hydra trade paperback, Howard the Duck number three, Howling Commandos of Shield number three, Jessica Jones trade paperback volume four called Alias. Um, we've got Nova number three, Obi Wan and Anakin number one. It's the new launch. Uh, Planet Hulk trade paperback, which is called War Zones. Spider Man 2099 number five, Spidey number two, Super Squadron Supreme number two, which I believe just launched this past week. Um, or maybe last week, uh, Superior Iron Man Volume One trade paperback uh, called Infamous, and the X Men Age of Apocalypse uh, Volume Three Omega. Um, so that's everything coming out this coming week. Thanks again for listening to the podcast and for downloading us today. Um, upcoming episodes, uh, we will have an interview with Frank Thierry coming up. Uh, I believe that's the episode coming out on January the first. We should have an episode with John Red Thomas coming out soon. I think future episodes with uh, Mike Barron and um, oh, there's another one I can't quite remember. Uh, in February, we're going to have another follow-up interview with Danny Fingeroth, which is very exciting. Um, we're also going to be having an episode at some point in the next month, hopefully, um, doing a kind of a recap once Secret Wars is finally over of the event and kind of spotlighting a few of the tie-ins that happened as well. That episode hopefully will have... Uh, uh, Paul Scores, who was on our, our recent episode where we talked about Star Wars, I think that was episode 330, um, and it will also have AJ Reese, who's a longtime friend and guest of the show. So that's some stuff to look forward to, as 2016 is only a couple days away by the time this episode goes out. And thanks once again for listening to Comic Shenanigans. You can email us at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and you can also listen to us on Stitcher. Thanks again, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.